0: all right let's get right into it i want to uh title this message this sermon this talk this conversation one word pray do me a favor tap your neighbor and say pray 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 i do a lot of tapping your neighbors i do a lot of talking feel free to say preach it feel free to stand up feel free to uh uh, shout and say i like that feel free to go "Mm, that's all good right it is all good. Praise God. So a little interaction is good. So grab your iPhones, your iPads, uh, or if you don't have any of those, you can just look up on the screen and go with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter twelve. Mark chapter number twelve, and I'm going to read in your hearing verse twenty-eight through thirty, and it says this. Then one of the scribes came and, having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well and asked which is the first commandment of all one translation says which is the most important commandment of them all and jesus answered him the first of all the commandments is here O israel the lord our god the lord is one and you shall love the lord your god with all your heart And with all your mind and with all your soul and with all your strength, this is the first commandment. And I know a lot of y'all are probably sitting saying, what in the world does that have to do with prayer? Absolutely everything. I remember when uh, I first met my wife Man, I would do anything in the world just to talk to her. Anything. Anybody remember that? Let's go all the way back to our teenage years and our first love, right? We probably shouldn't do that. Let's go to our spouse, right? When When we first met our spouse, when we first start feeling them, you know what I'm saying? When we were falling in love, all we wanted to do was what? Talk to them. We wanted to hear their voice. We wanted to be in their presence. What you doing? I'm not doing that. what you doing? Nothing. You stayed on the phone until the phone went off and you heard the awkward. <sighs> you sleep. No, 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 no. I'm not sleep because you were falling in love with that person. You would stay up late at night just to talk. You woke up early in the morning and they were on your mind, right? Because you were falling in love with that person. What I love about love is that you grow in love. And I think that that's how God designed it and how God set it up. I tell the story all the time about my wife and I, we sleep together in the same bed, right? She has given me two children. So God is incredible. But despite the fact that we share the same house, that we've been doing life together for almost nine years. When we leave the house in the morning, the phone still rings because she still wants to hear my voice. I still want to hear her voice. There's a conversation there. And so that I want to use as just the the, the foundation or the premise of this entire message. Why pray? Because we love Jesus, right? Right. God instituted it. He set it up. He said, hey, I love you first. God so loved the world that he not only stopped there, but he did something about it. He said, I'm going to give my only begotten son. And so just like we have our earthly relationships, I was thinking today holding my baby boy Maddox. I am in love with him. I love him. I talk to him, but he's not mature enough to talk back to me. Come on, church. I talk to him, I, hey, that's a daddy's baby, that's a daddy's baby. And he just smiles and sometimes he cries because he has not matured yet enough to talk back to me. This has everything to do with prayer. Prayer must come from a place of our loving relationship. It cannot come from a place where I am doing it just because I need something from God. Come on, church. It is not doing. It is not coming from a place where I'm doing it just because I was asked to do it. Because when you love somebody, you will talk to them. So I want to ask the question. The question then is, what is prayer? In order to understand what prayer is, we've got to first understand what prayer is not. Can we do that? All right, let's go to Matthew chapter number 6, verse 5 through 8. Here's what it says. And when you pray... You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Let's look at the text. Okay, go back, go back. That's a cool one. Let's look at this right here. I love how it says, and when you pray. Do you guys see that? And when you pray. I love that the scripture does not say, and if you pray. Right? So here's the first thing that prayer is not. Prayer is not an option. For the believer, prayer is not an option. If we're going to have a healthy, growing relationship with Jesus, right, we've got to pray. It is almost as if I'm living with my wife and I don't talk to her. How's that working out for you? It's not going to work out too well, right? If you've got any earthly relationship and if you cease to communicate with that person, then that relationship will be stale. It will be stagnant, right? So oftentimes, that's one of the things that we must consider. We've got to change the way we look at prayer. So prayer is not an option. And when you pray, go ahead to verse number seven. It says, and when you pray, again, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. I love that. Because here's the second thing that prayer is not. Prayer is not a means to get whatever I want from God. Scripture says... That God knows what we have need of before we even ask, right? So that's what we understand what prayer is not. Prayer is not an option. We do not have a choice whether we're going to pray or not, right? The scripture says, and when you pray, and we're going to look at something else here in a minute. And it also is not a get what I want to. I don't do it just so that I can get what I want from God. Oh, Lord Jesus, I need some help. Let me pray. I challenge the thinking that says I wait until everything in my life has failed for me to talk to God. But I believe that a sign of us maturing in our relationship with Jesus, right, is that I have perpetual communication with God all the time. Prayer must be proactive, not reactive. I tell the story this morning, the devil didn't want me to say this prayer, right? He didn't want me to give this talk, but uh, this morning our house caught on fire, literally caught on fire. But I thank God that we've had some praying people in our house. So before being aware of that, we were praying and I was just reinforcing the hedge of protection. I begin to pray and say, God, I thank you that there's a hedge of protection around my family, around my children, around my home, around anything that is connected to us. I thank you that your blood insulates us from the snares of the adversary. We take any weapons that is formed against us and we render it useless and ineffective. In the name of Jesus we don't stand in our own strength but we stand in the strength of Jesus Christ and in the mantle of what the finished works on the cross has done for us so I prayed that about six o'clock this morning about six thirty, they came bamming on the door and as I opened the door holding my three-month-old son all I can see was smoke and flames So I ran out in the cold weather with my baby yelling, somebody grab my baby a blanket. And so as I was looking for a warm place to go in and take my son, I was running and a neighbor signaled us on over. What would have happened had we not prayed? What would have happened had the people not come to the door in time? Prayer is proactive, and it reinforces the hedge of protection around our life. So in the midst of all that, as I'm running, I'm holding my baby, and I slip on black ice. And as I slip on black ice, I catch myself, but my son is here, and he's three months old now, 6.30 in the morning, 10 degrees outside, and he has on a onesie and he begins to lean back and I could only pray that he doesn't hit his head on the concrete, but somebody was praying at 6 o'clock in the morning releasing ministering angels and reinforcing our divine escorts and our divine protection so what I believe after we've been to the doctors today after I've cried and was concerned about my baby, what I believe is that when I went down there was an angel that appeared and kept my baby from hitting his head on the concrete. So now that we understand what prayer is not, we've got to understand what prayer is, right? Prayer is a, me- a legal means by which the believer gets heaven involved in the earth realm, okay? Let's look at our next scripture, Jeremiah chapter number 33. Here's what it says. One of my favorite scriptures of the entire Bible, it says this, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you know it not. Isn't it amazing that God is smarter than us? Isn't it amazing that God knows so much more about our life than we know about our life? Isn't it amazing that God knows so much more about our day than we know about our day? So what I love about prayer... Prayer is a two-way communication. Here's what it says. He says, call unto me, talk to me, and I will not ignore you. What will I do? God says, he said, I will answer you. If you talk to me, I will answer you. Look at your neighbor say, talk to him, and he will answer you. Okay, and what happens when he answers? The scripture says he will show us, watch this, great and mighty things which we know it not. Blows my mind, hashtag mind blown. That's what happens when we pray there's a lot of things that we don't know, right? But God knows. So we've got a legal opportunity to find out what God knows. Stick a fork in me, I'm done. It's amazing. One of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible, because I believe that this is what gives us the advantage as believers in Jesus Christ. Everybody on your job can be going through and trying to work out everything else. But we can find ourselves in communication with God and he will show us what to do. Call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you knoweth not. So what is prayer? Prayer is an interactional communication with God. It is one of the greatest means that we have to significantly impact the earth through prayer. Right? The church does a lot of meetings, but we don't pray. Come on, saints. We can call Chris Tomlin. I feel like I'm in better life. My bad. Sorry about that. We can call Chris Tomlin and pack the place out. Right, come on. We can call Brandon Heath, baby. We ain't got sitting room in the house, right? But the minute that somebody say, "Come talk to God," that's challenging. Let me pause for effect for a second. There is the challenge, because what has happened to the culture is that we have forgot all about how important it is to communicate with God it is necessary it is crucial it is imperative that we pray there's a lot of talking Christians I'm talking about oh revival's coming revival is coming to America oh Lord we have we say we have a revival because we had a good service come on saints we say we have a, a revival because we got our favorite preacher right So here's the premise. Here's my assignment, right? My assignment is to challenge you to pray. My assignment is to encourage you to understand prayer. Revivals are birthed through prayer. Every revival that have ever hit the earth was birthed through prayer. We come in and sometimes, especially in this region, and we say, oh, we're in New England and oh, all of these things. There is absolutely nothing. Nothing that can come against and restrict a church that prays. Top and bottom line. Period. All right? So what is prayer? It's one of the greatest means that we have to significantly impact the earth. So here's the next question. The next question is why pray? Why we got to pray? What you got to pray about for then? Why I can't just turn on my worship music and listen to my worship music? Why can't I just be a good Christian who comes to church, I take my notes, I download the podcast, and I live right six days a week, but God understands that his grace is sufficient so that one day I might give you a little piece of my mind. That was a joke. All right, so why pray? Let's look at the book of James, right? James chapter number five. Here's what it says. It says, is anyone among you suffering? What does it say? Let him do what, church? Let If you're suffering, what does he say? Let him pray. If you're cheerful, let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church and let the elders do what? Let the elders do what? Let the elders pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Watch this. Watch this, church. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise and who will raise him up? Not the one who's praying. Right. But who the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Why pray? Here's why we pray, right? Because the will of God is not automatic. It doesn't just happen. If the will of God just happened, then there would never be no suffering. Come on, saints. Everybody will be all right. But the scripture says if you're suffering, there's a translation that says if you're afflicted, let them pray. And so what we see here is that if you're sick, then prayer is necessary. The will of God is not automatic. Nothing just happens. Just because I am a believer and I love Jesus does not necessarily mean that I will experience all of the promises of God. Some things have to be prayed into existence. We've got to pray the will of God is not automatic. Come on, if it was, then we can wish and things will happen. We can have a desire and things can happen. Now watch this. God is sovereign and he can break through and do whatever he wants to do. However, we must respect the scripture. And the scripture lets us know that the will of God, it is not automatic. you suffering? Pray. Dealing with some challenges in your marriage? Pray. Dealing with some financial issues? Pray. Having some issues on your job? Pray. Having issues with your children? Pray. Having issues with unforgiveness? Pray. Things change when the church prays. Y'all should have just gave God a big old hand clap praise right there. That was a good place to clap. The Lord will raise him up. The Lord does it. The Lord does it. We pray, God answers the prayer, right? So here's another reason why prayer is important, why we've got to pray, is because it's where we get to know the heart of God. I love how Pastor Rick was saying is that he got to know me really in prayer. Come on. Because I believe that through having conversation with someone, you get to know their heart. It It astounds me how so many people know Scripture, but not the heart of God. Lord Jesus. It's astounding how we know church, but not God's heart, because we get to know the heart of God in prayer. I may not know all the Scriptures or all the books of the Bible, but I do know His heart. You see what I'm saying? So you can look and you can, uh, we've got this big social media, and social media is so deceptive because you can follow somebody on Twitter and think you know them. Come on. Because there is one-way communication. Come on, church. And so we've got to understand that God ain't on Twitter. Come on. It's not no hashtag salvation. Come on. We're not following him. This ain't no fake. This is a real relationship that we have with God. And so our communication, that's why just coming to church and being preached at, is not enough. That is the equivalent to following him on Twitter. Come on, saints. Because what we do now is we know what he is about, but we don't know him. We get to know him through relationship, through conversation. We may, anybody ever been in a position where you say, you know what, I don't really, I, I don't know why, I, that just don't seem right to me. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 mm, I you, listen here, listen here. I, I ain't never heard that before, but it just don't agree with my spirit. It just, uh, that's the heart of God, the Holy Ghost. Right. So we get to know the heart of God through prayer. It is so amazing what will happen to a church that knows the heart of God, not knows doctrine only, but the heart of God. You can have all the systems you want. You can build everything that you want. But if you do not know his heart, it will not last. There will still be unfulfillment there. So the clarion call is for us to know the heart of God, our systems, our protocols, all of the things that we become so good at. We have conferences, we have sessions, we have webinars. We have everything that help us, Holy Spirit. We have everything that we need, right, to know how to start a church and build a church and how to have a happy marriage. Happy marriage by Tuesday. Come on, saints. Seven steps to no more pain. I am just concerned that in the midst of all of our systems and our protocols, the question that we must ask ourselves is, God, what is your heart? What is your heart? We prayed every day for a whole lot of this year for that building. Shame on us if we build and pray for a nice building, but we never capture the heart of God. The question we must ask ourselves is what is his heart so that this tool can be used? Watch this. Not to proclaim the fame of Mount Hope. Not to proclaim the fame of, honey, we have prayer every day. We we prayed, Not, not, not for any of that stuff, right? But so that glory can go to god that is the goal of prayer It's that god will be glorified in the response right james chapter number five verse 13 through 15 lets us know that the will of god is not automatic and we've got to pray so i want to i got eight minutes God godly this is fun two truths concerning prayer Can I give you two truths concerning prayer? Then I'll raise up out of here and we go on to pray. Because you would much rather hear from him than me, right? Truth number one concerning prayer, pure motives produce, watch this, God results. Pure motives produce God results. Let's look at Matthew chapter number six. Verse 9 through 10, here's what it says. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Watch verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We're at church, we're at. On earth as it is, we're at. Okay, right. So we want the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now we've got to examine our motives. Why are we praying? Are we praying just so that we can get what we want? Or are we praying so that the will of God can be done on earth as it is in heaven? Hashtag Selah. That's the question that we've got to ask ourselves. Why are we praying? Are we praying, God, because I'm in a bind and I need you to get me out of this bind? Are we praying, God, because, oh, I'm unemployed. I've been unemployed for six months now and my unemployment is running out. And God, I just really need you to do a breakthrough. Because if that is our motive for praying... Is that our will would be done so that if we're praying so that what we can get what we want, then the prince of the air, the ruler of the world, I wish I can teach this, the ruler of the world, the devil, watch this, will give you a job so that you can stop praying. Come on. If our only motive, if the motive of our heart is praying so that we can get money, then the devil will let you win the lotto to stop you from praying. Help us, Holy Spirit. He'll stop us. God, oh, I really want this. I I really need some of this. You've got to understand that the Bible says that he's got some authority in the earth. So we've got to examine our motives, and our motives, church, must always be that the will of God will be done. Here on earth as it is in heaven. Gotta examine our motives. Our motives cannot be, I'm just praying so I can get me a new Gucci bag. Come on, because the devil can give you a Gucci bag. Here, how you meet old Jethro around right the corner. Come on, saints. And hey, you got your Gucci bag. All right. So we cannot be deceived by pride, right? It is never about I, we, me, us. It is always about him. God, what is your will? Watch this. You Want to know a secret to effective prayer? It is this. God, what's your will? What is your will? And then I'm going to start praying that. All right. Can I add balance? Say add balance, Pastor Jay. Add balance. Here's the balance. Well, what if I don't know what the will of God is? Get you a Bible. They have these topical Bibles. You can Google it. And scriptures on healing, scriptures on favor, scriptures on forgiveness. And you start praying them scriptures, right? And then somewhere in between, because God's going to honor your heart, you will find out what his heart is, right? He will just impress say, no, mm, no, no, no. He'll, he'll just kind of redirect that prayer right in line with his will. And before you know it, we're praying his will. That's how we learn to pray effectively. We don't just hop out the, ball, oh, I know the will of God. Sometimes I admit, I don't know what his will is. So what I do is the last thing I know he told me to do, right? And if I can look in the scripture, like I know, I know that, that God wants people saved. That's a no brainer, right? Somebody say no brainer. It's a no brainer. Second Peter three and nine for God is not willing that none would perish, but that all will come unto repentance. I can pray that confidently because I know that is his will. And then in the midst of me praying that, he then begins to redirect and guide me on how to pray so that it manifests in the situation that is aligned with my faith in his divine will. That's what God does, right? Lord have mercy, Jesus. All right. I got three minutes and 29 seconds. Let's roll real quick. Oh No, sir. Mm -mm. Here we go. Here we go. Are y'all Ready? Here's number two, the second truth concerning prayer. So the first one we said is that pure motive produced God results. The second one is the devil doesn't want us to pray. Period. Let's say the devil does not want you to pray. Let's look at second Chronicles, chapter number seven. Here's what it is. It says this. If my people, which are called by my name, if they would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Why does the devil not want the church to pray? because he knows that if the church ever gets into prayer for real then the land will be healed that was another god I thank you for that moment right there he doesn't want the land healed why why heal the land when i when when, when i got control over legislation where i can legislate things that are contrary to the word of god why heal the land When I can take what is abnormal and declare it to be normal in the earth. Why heal the land? But the biggest threat that we have is not building cathedrals. The biggest threat that we have to the kingdom of darkness, church, is on our face in prayer before a holy God who has the power to honor his word and heal the land. (laughs) That is the threat. How do we impact New England? We pray it in. Glory be to God. Amen. Cut out the meetings and stop praying. That was a little too strong. <laughs> All right. He doesn't want the land healed. Prayer can do more than your your little your little voting ballot can do. Come on, Saint Prayer can do more than networking. Prayer can do more than, than your prayer meeting turning into a gossip session. Lord, have mercy, G. The land will be healed when we pray. I want to end with this. And I got to do it in one minute and three seconds. First Kings chapter number 18. Here's what it says. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, watch this. Go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. God releases a word. God releases a word. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab and there was a severe famine in the land, in Samaria. So God releases a promise. He releases a word in the midst of a famine. Anybody ever been in a difficult situation, being with your children, with your marriage, with your money, with your mind, with your heart, with your emotions? Famine, severe famine. I mean, not just bad, but bad, right? And then all you have is a word that God released. Jump on down now to verse number 41 through 46. Let's see how it comes to pass. Here's how it comes to pass. God have mercy. Jesus, I got four seconds left. I promise you, I'm I've been, I've been doing it in two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. It says, then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So God sends a word to Elijah and says, Elijah, I'm going to send rain. And he sends that word, that promise in the midst of a famine. We all have been there in tough situations, but God says it's going to be all right. In tough situations, and the Lord says, I have not forgotten about you. Famine, here's how that word manifests itself. Elijah hears what nobody else hears. He says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Sometimes, church, we will hear something in our heart and in our spirit that God has spoken to us as a result of our conversation with him. And nobody else would hear it. People will think we're strange and we're crazy and count us out. Bible says, so Ahab went up to eat and drink. He operated in faith and obedience to the prophet. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. He started praying. He remembered that God had spoke a word in the midst of a famine. And the word that he spoke, watch this, would bring resolution, watch this, not just to his life, but to an entire community. Lord, that's loaded right there. And so he begins to pray. And he said, I hear something, and I'm going to pray because I remember what God says. And he sends his servant and said, go see if you see something. And the servant went and said, nah, I don't see nothing. And Elijah just kept right on praying. Tap your neighbor and say, just keep on praying. Say, so I know you don't see nothing, but just keep on praying, keep on praying, keep on praying. And here's what happened. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Small cloud. That'll stop you from moving forward. Watch this. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind. And there was a heavy rain. The manifestation of what God had spoken was birthed out through prayer. There's a Christian acrostic that says push. And it is pray until something happens. I leave you with that my hope. Push. Pray until something happens. God has made a promise. You don't see anything. Keep on praying. Tap your neighbor and say, Keep on praying. God has said some things. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Things will happen. Pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. I want to keep preaching, but I'm going to stop. That's where you can pray where you are. You can walk, you can stand, you can kneel, you can lie prostrate, but the goal is his will and his heart. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your Holy Spirit being with us and leading us and guiding us. Your word declares, Father, that we can call upon you and you will answer us and that you will show us great and mighty things which we knoweth not. Father, we are here, your sons and your daughters, asking for your heart, asking God that you would show us what we don't know, that we need to know, so that we can glorify you with this vapor of life that we have. I pray today, Father, in Jesus' name, that we would have a better understanding of who you are. I pray, Father, that when we read your word, that we would read beyond the scriptures. I pray, Father, that when we hear your word preached, God, that we would hear at a higher decimal, Lord. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we would examine ourselves, Father. That we would look at our lives and those things in our lives that don't please you. Those things in our lives, Father, that cause separation, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would have mercy we pray, Father, for forgiveness, Lord God. We ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would move in a mighty way. We ask, Father, that you would allow your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to go in and to touch every heart and to touch every mind, Father, and begin to revive us from the inside out. We pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would allow your anointing, oh God, to empower our voice, Father, so that we can do. De- decree what your will is here in the earth and we will be able to see it. We pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, that you would teach us, Father, how to war in the realm of the Spirit. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we would recognize and understand our true identity in you. We pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, that your word would come alive on the inside of us, Father, that we would no longer be passive in our pursuit of you, that we would no longer be passive in our relationship. But I pray, Father, that we will be challenged oh God to go deeper father to be bolder Lord to be more louder father I pray God in the name of Jesus according to your word that where we lack wisdom that you would give us wisdom I pray father in the name of Jesus God that we would hold on to your word because it is your word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway I pray father in the name of Jesus God even as your word declares for those that are afflicted we pray for them now God we recognize and realize Lord that you are not the God with peace but you are the God of peace and you are able father to go in and mend broken hearts you are able father to go in and heal you are God who restores you are God who delivers you are God who sanctifies you are God who preserves you are God father who does all things according to your divine will and your divine plan I pray father for this region in the name of Jesus we stand Lord God not in our own strength but we stand in your strength we stand in your ability Saying, God, be strong in us. Be strong in us as you give us strategies. Be strong in us as you give us systems. Be strong in us, Father, as we meet and as we discuss and as we plan, Father, on how to effectively be your ambassadors and how to effectively be your disciples. We pray, Father, that you would be strong in us. We pray, God, that you would give us favor. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that our efforts would not be misaligned, Lord, but they would be directly aligned aligned with your divine purpose and your divine will. I pray, Father, that you would teach our lives, Father, on how to live in sync with the heartbeat of God. I pray, Father, that we would hear your heart. I pray, Father, that we would understand, Father, that we would recognize, Lord, that we do not have to fall victim to the pride of life, Father, but we would learn to humble ourselves as your word declares. Seek your face and pray. We're praying, Lord, that you would heal the land. The land needs healed. Father, we pray for America. We pray for, Lord, the thing that it has become. Lord, all of our strategies, all of our conversations, all of the legislation, all of the things, Lord God, that this has become. We have a group of people, your sons and your daughters, who are passionately in love with you. And we're asking, God, that you would heal the land we're praying it in lord we're saying father not our will but your will be done we're praying god don't do it so that we can boast and say we prayed and our god answered us god let us examine our motives father let us examine our motives on why we do what we do let us examine our motives on why we want what we want your word declares that men will see our good works But the glory will go back to you. Father, heal marriages so that you can be glorified. Open up lines of communication so that you can be glorified. Cause forgiveness, Father, to overwhelm them where unforgiveness and hurt and brokenness reside. So that you can be glorified. Show yourself as the Lord who provides so that you can be glorified you are God that heals do it according to your will so that you can be glorified and I pray father that you would prepare our hearts that we would understand God that you are not obligated to do what we want you to do mature us in our prayer life father mature us so that we would recognize God That a whole purpose is so that you can be glorified. So that thy kingdom can come. Your will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I pray, Father, that you would teach our hands to war. I pray, Father, that we would recognize and realize that you have given us dominion. Your word declares that you've given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And we recognize, Lord God, that when we come to prayer, that that is the place to superimpose the kingdom of darkness with your divine purpose and with your divine will. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that there would be cure for diseases. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would move not only in this country Father, but you would move all around the world. You would move in Africa. You would move in China. You would move in India. You would move in South America, Father. You would move, Lord God, in Iran. You would move, Father, in the prisons. You would move, Father, in the underground churches where all they have is just a piece of a page of a Bible. And they're asking for revelation. Do your work. Teach us to pray selflessly. Teach us what it means to intercede. Help us to recognize that prayer is not just about what we can get and what we want. But it is in fact to usher the kingdom of heaven into the kingdom of earth. Father, I pray that you would stir up in our hearts a passion to pray. I pray, Lord, that when we hear you calling, that we will respond. I pray, God, that our hearts will be open to love you more than we love ourselves. To love you more than we love our spouses, more than we love our churches, more than we love our children, God. You demonstrated your love for us in that wow. We were yet sinners. Christ died for us. And I pray now, Father, in the name of Jesus. That we would love you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul. That we would long to have conversations with you. I pray, God, that you would do something significant in this church. That you would call. Your people to prayer. You would call them. To prayer. You would summon them. Into your presence. So that you can download. Your will. And your heart. Into their spirits. Do your work. We yield to your Holy Spirit. We respect you. We reverence you. We're sorry for the times when we've grieved you. For the times when we've become so preoccupied with our lives. That we forgot to acknowledge you. Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive us. And we receive your forgiveness. We receive your grace. That is sufficient for us. And we thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, and for your mercy. We love you back. That's our testimony. In Jesus' name.